Now we return you to the test card and some music. Welcome to the Pilot Take 76, a weekly podcast reviewing the pilot episodes of television shows past and present. He is Jed Shepard. And he is Rob Jelly, better known as the Jelly Man. The Jelly Man. How are you today, Jelly Man? Yeah, good. Why are we we talking in our haunted voices? That's not until next week. It's just that if there was a TV show about you, Mm -hmm. it'd be like... In 1956, a government agent named Rob Jelly fell into a vat of gelatin. He is now known as the Jelly Man. <laughs> is that the most theme tune? Yeah. You played on some sort of twangy 50s electric yeah. guitar. And then you see you running through tunnels and jumping over bridges and you've been running across. Crawling through sewers. Yeah. <laughs> In an overalls yeah, as well. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good look. I can go for that. Yeah. I, can, I, can, I can do that. If anyone wants to do make this show, I'm up for doing it. For sure. If you need help and you need someone to wobble, you can call... The, the Jelly, Jelly Man. Man. <laughs> <laughs> and that, we won't actually have guns either. We'll just do finger guns. Just finger guns. And we'll just make the piano piano noise. Yeah, it's like last week on, on uh, the, the Rose, the Doctor Who episodes, where yep. they have finger guns. Yeah, exactly Something that. like that, yeah. Exactly like that. You are right? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah. Had a good week? Not bad. Not yeah. bad. Busy and, you know, doing the thing, adjusting to the afternoons, which has been yeah. very, very cool, but still sort of getting into the swing of things. Um, I'm still waiting for my invite on your show. All right, be patient, man. Yeah. Be patient. I'm only going to one show a day. I was, I, was on, uh, I was on Tony's show. All right, all right. <laughs> Don't even do a podcast with him. Chill out, man. <laughs> You'll get an invite. God. You're just going to use this podcast for the next six weeks, aren't you? To like, just try and pester me and twist my arm into it. We'll get you on, though. We will. We will get you on. In fairness, we probably try, we should try and get you on around Halloween, given the credentials you have for horror. Yeah. Um, and next week is our Halloween episode. So Ooh, nice. Our second one, because we did one last year. We did Walking Dead last year. Yeah. We have to think of something interesting to do. Yeah, right, yeah. Okay. So think, we'll record it in a that. child's play area. Oh my god, that's scary. No, no, no. Like during the day, where it's all like full of you know people and light and things like that. Not mm-hmm. sort of like in the middle of the depths of night. No, but shouldn't it be in the dark in a child's play area? No, that, I, was, I was thinking the least horrible environment possible. Oh, in the least sort of menacing time of day. You know, sort of mid lunch time. Mate, it depends, have depends have you ever seen a horror life. film? They're I, all in children's playgrounds. I was going to say, it depends on your outlook on life, whether or not being in a ball pond with children at lunchtime is actually a horrible thing. It probably is for most. Anyway, um, let's deal with next week's episode next week, next or at week, least at yeah. the end of this one. Because yeah. we have we got two shows this week which are almost like a warm-up, really, to Halloween week. <laughs> they um, are, aren't they? Yeah. Although, I'm going to say, because we're going to do you on first, mm-hmm. I don't know what you've made me watch here, mate. What are you on about? It's awesome. Seriously, I... I feel like we should just get straight into it. So, do you want to introduce okay. it, and then we'll just we'll break it down? Yeah, and like, don't don't like uh, to spoil it before it happens. But like, this show uh, is a show from the nineteen eighties, originally nineteen eighty four, based on the children's classic novel by John Wyndham. He of uh, the Midwich Cuckoos, which later on became a film, which was the Stepford Wives. He wrote that. He also did Day of the Triffids. He wrote that. So he has pedigree. For me, this is probably the best thing. It is the one and only spooky-fied mm. 
Weird. Definitely. Surreal. Absolutely. But brilliant. Chocky. to give the theme song to Chucky and yeah memorable thing is it is the thing that people remember most about this TV show well one of the most memorable things is the theme song you say to someone who's seen this before remember Chucky and they're like oh my god the, the theme song and the intro just freaked me out because the, the intro is you see a child turn his back to camera him turn green and then just this weird noise has happened and then a kind of a, a triangle pyramid thing, thing appears in the sky and just yeah. revolves and you just hear it is it is pretty freaky actually this show it's the stuff of nightmares it's a bit weird yeah I don't really know what it is well the premise of this the overall premise is about a little kid who is just like a normal kid or so you think he well no he's fairly normal to start with to start with yeah but then he's in school, and he's never been the brightest kid. But all of a sudden, he hears, he hears his name, and he sees like a light in, inside his school classroom. And all of a sudden, he's great at school. They, they give him a test. He's the first one up. He's, and the teacher's like, you can't be finished now. And he's like, I am, mate. <laughs> Checked it. Well done. Just sit back down again. Not, not go outside. Sit back down again. So, that's weird. Yeah, I mean, before we even get to that scene, though, can I mm-hmm. rewind it back to the how sure. it all opens up? Because it opens up with a family trip to the planetarium. Classic. Really random. No, that's a good That's a good trip to do. My family never did yeah. it, but I've been okay. to plenty of planetariums. Right. For your 12th birthday. Did you not go to planetariums as a kid? Well, not for my 12th birthday, no. Did you go? You must have gone with school, yeah. things like that. Yeah, right. So, going to the planetarium, the British Museum, History Museum, yeah. all that. Done all that, Boom. for sure. Yeah, yeah. School trips, loved it. Yeah. Whale of a time. Okay. Not my mum and dad and my little sister yeah. going to the planetarium for my 12th birthday. If you've shown Didn't an interest, if you've shown an interest in planets and the sky, and this is, this is great. It's like saying you like cars and getting taken to the racetrack. Same difference. Yeah, but still, it was just a bit, it was just a bit random. I, I remember going to a planetarium when I was a kid, younger than 12, uh, with, with school. Point proven. With school. Younger than 12. <laughs> and the girl next to me fainted and fell down. And and as she went down, I could see she was going to land on her face. And I'm a kid, don't forget. So I put my shoe in the way of the floor and her face. So she would land on my shoe rather than the floor. Yep, thoughtful. Just, yeah. But from anyone looking on, it looked like I kicked Kicking her in the up. face. <laughs> So she landed just <laughs> on my shoe. My shoe had her teeth and blood on it. Good. And she was out cold. He did it, Columbo. And, and there were screams. The teacher came running over to me. I was like, she fainted. Put my shoe out. Tried to stop the fall. Tried to stop it fall. But then people were a bit weird t- towards me then. Oh, and then coincidentally, not too long after that, uh, a guy had a fit in school. Yeah. And someone said, put a shoe in his mouth. So we put a sh- Not just me. Said, put a shoe in his mouth so he doesn't swallow his tongue. Took took off his shoe. Whoa, 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 whoa! It, He'd collapsed at this point. He's on the floor. We were playing football. Um, the ball was tackled off him. He's like had a fit, he was having a full out fit, and some someone just shouted, "Put a shoe in his mouth!" So we took off his own shoe and put it in his mouth before the teachers came over. <laughs> teachers came over as I was putting a shoe in his mouth, 
And a shoe boy, weren't you? It was. It was just. Weird. I don't just know why sho- shoe boy. Well, I don't know why shoes are always involved in these stories, but and they get in court and blamed for things. <laughs> but yeah, so that so so that happened. All right. So I I, I felt an affinity towards okay, the storyline. Fine. Well, I I I didn't have a problem with it as such. It was just a little bit weird and random. I was thinking, all right, fine. But then as you as the scene progresses, they get home and they're going to school the next day. So I'm making the assumption it's a Sunday. Yeah. Right? It's a good Sunday activity. Maybe, maybe a weekend, maybe a bank holiday, maybe it's a summer holiday and it's, you know, first day back to school next day. Mm-hmm. Fine. No problem with that. But it turns out he's adopted. Yeah, they make that very clear. Yeah. And I, that I quite liked. Yeah, I, I quite like well, that yeah. 1984, tackling the subject of adoption, hmm. quite early on. You know, mummy, how come you know my birthday's today? Well, because it says so on the on the certificate. But yeah, but you were there for, I think his sister's name's Holly. Yeah. You were there for Holly's birthday, so you know that's, that's when it actually was. But how do you know about mine? Well, we just have to trust the doctors, don't we? I like that. There's a sort of yeah, very honest good. discussion between a... A growing child, a, a, a quite very very young man. Yeah. Um, it's a good way of like showing life that he doesn't quite fit in as well, even before anything crazy starts. Yeah, that's not a bad way of looking at. It. I didn't think it like that, but yeah, it certainly certainly fits the the shell. Um, He's an outsider. He is. So go fast forward to the classroom scene. They're doing a bit of maths, and the teacher sits down, starts marking some books, and sets them a char- challenge to come up with the root numbers. Um, that was hard. I was I was trying to follow. I think please uh, put in all the factors for for the, these set of numbers, and I was like, "What?" And then we're like two and six, four and three. And I was like, I, would, "I don't know that now." Yeah. Uh, so if we give you the number thirty, the factors for thirty are three and ten, for instance. Yep. Yeah. Or like five and six. Yeah. Two and fifteen. Yep. One and thirty. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I mean, they're kids. They're like little kids. How, they're not they the twelve. Them? Remember that? He's just turned 12. He's just been to his birthday party, his 12th birthday party. Next year, I'm going to be a teenager, Mum. He says that. Were you doing that when you were 12? No. Younger than that. What? I was doing multiplication long, long before I was 12. Yeah, but that's not multiplication. That's... Well, it's division, isn't it? Or multiplication, whichever way you want to look yeah, at it. Yeah, I guess. I just felt it was a bit advanced. Well, 12 years old, you're going... You're in year seven, so it's the first year of secondary school. Hmm. I was more interested in horror films back then. Yeah, fair play. Anyway, so this light appears in the classroom, as you say, and whilst he's sort of sitting there struggling, he's not 100% sure what it is, but he's giving it a go. Yeah. The rest of the kids are giving it a go. They're all behaving themselves, all sat in silence, uniform on, all looking smart. Yeah. Everything seems to be kosher in this situation. This flash of light appears. He goes, mm. what? And the teacher's like, what? He goes, oh, sorry, sir, I thought someone said something. Good cover up. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Nike it. Top marks for that. We'll see more of that in the next, the next episode we're talking about. Yeah, for sure. And then you get... Um, then he says something else at the end of that. And he, I think he finishes and he goes, yeah, done. And, and goes, it was what? like two minutes after they started, basically. Yeah. So he's done it pretty rapidly. So something obviously is going on here. Before moving any further, you made the very right assumption there as I introduced the light appearing. You made the noise of what? <laughs> right, good. Here's a question then. Why is it when aliens appear in things, they're always like synthesizers and theremins involved? I think that's just associated it's with like, sci-fi, it's isn't like it? It's like dreams are always in, you know, induced by a harp. Aliens always by a theremin and synthesizers. Yeah. Well, I think I think if you associate something, when did that all start? 
it must have been like in the fifties, all, all the fifties sci-fi films. It's like they just suddenly decided that, yeah, do you know what? We need something to audibly signpost the uh, arrival of an alien here. Yeah. Um, what do we need? Triangle? Nah, that won't work. Tambourine? Nah. <laughs> synthesizer? A what? A synthesizer? What's one of them? I'll show you. Yeah, they haven't been invented yet. So nineteen fifties. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like... Sorry, that came with hand gestures there. You didn't get those, <laughs> but Jed did. It saves on production value because instead of showing a big alien, you can just like just give a few bars of a synthesizer and you know the vibe they're trying to get here. And like this alien, it isn't... It's just light. It's just a green floating light. If you can imagine the portal from, um, from Primeval, Primeval last week, but green and smaller in the air and no one else can see it but one mm. little kid. That's what it is. I thought it was quite interesting they didn't show a figure. Yeah. It made it more spooky. It was like, this is... It made it more mysterious, for sure. Yeah. Um, Because I was half expecting a a little green man like you get in... Happy Happy Days. Yes. um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With the big green head and the space helmet. You know, I was expecting something along those lines. Um, (laughs) But the lack of actually anything visually on screen after the light appears... Mm -hmm. Is very clever. I think it's more unnerving because it's still the unknown. We're scared of the unknown, and yeah. that's the unknown. And it kid, the kid does really well to sort of not look at something that we can't see, but yeah, he's hearing something. You know, he's definitely. And I think he really does nail the the part of you know being able to see something or hear something that we can't. Yeah, which obviously in any real you know, television, film, any set, you will have those moments where the actors having to act to nothing in front of them. Yeah. And bearing in mind, some of these are the best actors in, in the world. There's this, you know, young kid who can't be more than probably about 12 actually in real life, mm-hmm. doing a fantastic job of sitting at a school desk and yeah. and doing a sort of, you know, I'm I'm doing my work, I'm doing my work, and then sort of just raising his head and going, what? As if to say something just in front of him suggested something. Yeah. I think it's, I think he does a really great job. I just remembered, like, we also see a bit just before this as well. But um, So they're still on this, like, day trip out, assuming for someone's birthday or something. And they're like, oh, can we go to London Dungeons? And they're really trying to, like, like force the point on you that this kid likes weird stuff. Yeah. He likes the grim stuff. And, and I kind of empathise with him a little bit. He was like, he wanted to go to London Dungeons. He wanted to see the... the the weird horror things. Mm. So I was like, okay. So they're, they're trying to make you think that this guy, this yeah. kid, isn't a normal kid into normal things. Yeah. Even though that was normal for me. Not into football and rugby and the sort of the usual stuff maybe young yeah. kids like that are into. So, yeah, it, it was... Um... No kids are into rugby, mates. <laughs> well, true, fair enough. <laughs> but then, so then you you get the, the the classroom scene and and then he goes home and and so it turns out he's talking to this alien or this being that we can't we see. We don't know what it is. Could it be an angel? Could it be a devil? Could we don't know. Anything? We can't see anything at this point. Um, and then he starts asking what I think are very valid questions of his mum. He does, yeah. Like, questions that actually, if an alien landed on this planet who had never seen the human species before mm-hmm. or any species on this planet, I'd have those questions as well. Yeah. Like, why are there two lots of you? Why? <laughs> why is there, like, one lot of you with... You know, less hair on your head and no lumpy bits on the top. And what, what's going on here? Why is there two? It's lots my Tinder of you? profile. What you know? There's um, 
there, there is a line of questioning which makes you think this kid isn't talking like a kid should talk. He seems to have a knowledge beyond kids because kids obviously to ask questions of their parents, but yeah. these are very kind of specific. Why? Is it, why? It's like you're right. It's exactly how an alien would, would talk. Why does it take two of you to make one? That seems very mm. inefficient. He says, "Why do we need like male and female?" Like it seems inefficient needing two people to make one. Yeah, exactly. And it's a very valid point. Like if you're yeah. another species coming down to it from another you know galaxy or something, that could be a very valid question from mm-hmm. them. And actually, but he asks them in such a childlike way, which is exactly how children ask questions. You yeah. know, like where do babies come from, mummy, and things like that. Like, oh, mummy's tummy or something like that. So. Mm-hmm. And then you go, oh, well, yeah, but how's it get out? Well, it's a button. You push the button and out it comes. And but it's funny that he didn't ask. Like, but it doesn't go down he, that road. Well, he knows where he babies knows, come from, but yeah. he's, asking, he's asking why. He's not asking yeah, it's where not they the come where from. And why. It's not the first or second question that you, the children might ask. It's the sort of third to fourth question yeah. that, that beyond beyond a child's sort of yeah. understanding. And then you hear him a bit later on where he's he's outside in the garden playing by himself and his dad overhears him talking wall, to himself. He? Yeah. And his dad's like, what is going on there? And he just watches him for a while while he while he's basically having a one-way conversation because we can't hear what Chucky's saying. But he's like, Chucky, like, there has to be seven days in a week. That's just how it is. And there is 24 hours in a day. And you, and you kind of, there's a pause and he goes, well, there isn't eight days. Yeah, I, I can see why you'd want eight days, but se- we have seven days, just just how it is. Yeah, and there's not, there can't be 32 hours in a day. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the Earth goes around the sun in 365 days. Yeah, I know there should be 380 days, but... Some months have 30 days and some have 31. Yeah. There's no, none of them have 32. You're obsessed with 32, aren't yeah. you, Jockey? Which makes you think that maybe the number 32 is going to be quite relevant going yeah. forward. So there's this nice seed planted there. But I love it. Like the acting from this little kid was, was pretty good. He's very good. Yeah. Just talking to himself and then he gets distracted. His friend his friend turns up so he goes off and plays. And his dad his dad and his mum obviously think, okay, he's either a little bit... Little bit Advanced or something wrong with him? Yeah, he's he's either got special needs or you know, or he is of that high intellect that he's, you know, suggesting stuff and asking questions way beyond his sort of you know average mental capacity. Yeah, and but but it, but it's it's I I can't, I can't work out what I'm watching here. I can't work out if I'm watching a sci-fi show, a drama. A horror that hasn't quite scared the life out of me yet, or what? I don't know what I'm watching. I think that's the beauty of it. It is it's unnerving because it's still like the unknown. And the thing that really, that really kind of like, like made me think this is something like really really interesting is when because you don't know how the conflict that's going on in this kid's brain until you see him try and go to sleep but he can't go to sleep because Chucky's in there asking him too many questions and he, he's like shouting out in his sleep Chucky please I really want to sleep no more questions yeah sharp Chucky yeah, go Chucky. away and the, his parents come in he's got a massive fever he's feeling sick and well this is this is the scene that makes me wonder whether or not it's a sci-fi or drama uh-huh. and, and possibly where the line blurs a little bit between the two of them because mm-hmm. I think what happens here is, is, is exactly what would happen in real life with any parent you know, whose child is maybe a little bit, you know, delirious, maybe they've got a fever, temperature, and they're sort of, you know, slightly hallucinating or just yeah. just sort of having a moment and things. Like, you know, the parent goes, all right, look, let's play along with it. Let's just get them to fall to sleep and then yeah. we'll deal with this tomorrow and hopefully they'll be right. Um, so there's a lovely little moment where mum just turns into a mum. Yeah. Um, and that was lovely because... Where he's like, mum, tell Chucky it, I want to go to sleep. Tell him to go away. And she does. She goes, Chucky... You know, Matthew needs to go to sleep now, so you, you go now and you come back tomorrow and he'll hopefully feel better and you can ask him all the questions then. Yeah. So she plays along with it 
despite not being able to see or hear Chucky. And then... Chucky apparently disappears. Disappears. Um, yeah. And there's, there's a lovely moment where genuinely I thought the mum, which is uh, Carol Drinkwater, who plays mum Mary, mm-hmm. um, says that... Because, because all, throughout the whole episode, other than this one little moment, both her and the dad, David, in the, in the show, are way too well-spoken. Mm-hmm. Way too well spoken. They're they so seem like, posh. Yeah, they are. But the kids are quite drama school as well. <sighs> like, mummy. Yeah, mummy. But then a kid would say mummy or daddy. Yeah, I guess. Up so. to maybe about teenage years. So that's like, you know, soon to come out. But he's only just turned 12, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 11 going on 12. Everyone on TV spoke, like, with that type of accent. Was... <sighs> yeah, I don't know if it was just. <sighs> And that guy, play, he plays the dad in everything. He's in so many sitcoms, that, that guy. What's his name again? Uh, Andrew Ellums. Uh, yep. No, no, sorry, James Hazeldean. Yeah. He plays dad. Oh, he, yeah. That guy is a dad in everything. Um, but I, I really like him. And I think he's probably the only one that went on to have a bit of a career. Um, but no, I, I actually quite like the parents. And I quite like the how they dealt with that situation. Because in some things, they would have just gone, well, mm, let's take like, them to like, a doctor. Like, like the actual acting from them both was really good. I, I felt like they were they were acting like parents uh, you know and it really came across that way I just yeah. for me they just spoke too well like it was a little bit too Jarring. too enunciated you know what yeah. I mean it was just like just just drop a few consonants here and there just because like you, you're not that posh it's not yeah, like they live yeah, yeah. in a huge mansion or anything like that he's 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 pottering around in an old knackered shed you know what I mean <laughs> you know they're, they're not the sort of people who have like a, a, a maid and a house yeah, cleaner yeah, yeah. and stuff like but it's funny because like it, I, it just seemed a little bit the accent for the kid, he, it was like because sometimes you talk quite posh, but then you could hear him when he's sh- when he says "shut up." Yeah, exactly. yeah, it yeah, wasn't. Sometimes. He wasn't completely yeah. well spoken, and that's it. Just I only just noticed it. It was only yeah. a little thing, but mm-hmm. I, for me, they were they were brilliant because the little scenes between mum and dad when the kids were out shot, yeah. were really nice because they were just being parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wondered if perhaps at that time in in 1984, both Carol and James, the actual actors had kids, you know, maybe they could, you know, deliver that that well because they understood honestly firsthand yeah. what it's like to have a child who had an imaginary friend or such because they were saying that there was their daughter, who's younger than Matthew, mm-hmm. has an imaginary friend, but she's oh, you know, that was great. she's about seven or eight. So, so that, that was a that was a great setup. The whole time the the little daughter also had someone an imaginary friend that she spoke to. So obviously when this kid started uh speaking out, they just assumed that he had an imaginary uh, friend too. Such a great touch, great writing there. Um, Very subtle little yeah. sort of clue to see what's coming up. Exactly. But this, this, this whole writing, this, the, the whole setup felt to me very, very much like a horror film, like a contemporary horror film that's around now. You introduce a family, you introduce one of the kids with an imaginary friend, you, you, then you introduce another person in the family with an imaginary friend, and you just think, okay, t- there's two imaginary friends in this family. Something's up. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just like the fact that when they after. They told Chucky to go away and they left the room. You just see like Chucky floating in the room. It's just a green light floating. And all you know so far is he makes the kid sick, but he also gives the kid the ability to be super intelligent. Um, and I thought that was quite... And then it just kind of, kind of ends and you just see this pyramid it's, spinning spinning it's on the credits. subtly menacing. Yeah. And it's just the whole vibe. Like, it's, there's no jaunty... This, this was on TV, like, for kids. Mm. And there wasn't any kind of like jaunty music anything happy no. nothing 
it felt really serious, and I think I really yeah. like that. And I, I, I think it's. I wasn't expecting it because Chucky sounds quite innocent. It does, and, and until you do that, um, but yeah, it, it sounds and feels quite innocent on the surface, but it's it's something far more sinister, I think, than that. Yeah. And, or maybe it's not. And I guess with that uncertainty, I refer you to the um, first commandment of. The pilot podcast. Yeah. Do you want to watch episode two? Yeah, yeah I, do. I do. Yep. Because I need to find out whether or not this Chucky is a sinister evil alien squid or <laughs> some sort of like cool alien orb thing yeah. that's going to make him super intelligent and turn him into some, you know. Can I just say it was set in, so it's set in mid 80s Surrey and the Gore Maybe family. Because that, there's the accent then. Yeah. They're, they're, um, they're called the Gore family as well. It's very horror. Um, and the car they're driving is a Citroen CX, which at the time was quite a techn- technologically advanced car. So they may- maybe had a little bit of money. Yeah, maybe. Maybe so. Yeah. Yeah, and there's lots of little normal things in it which keep it tangible and real for sure. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, by going and buying a new car. Yeah. School scene. Yeah. Garden shed. Everything, yeah. everything that's very, very normal and... You know, recognisable to to everyone else. So, uh, did it have a memorable theme tune? Yeah, I, I I think if I heard it again now, I would go. I've heard that before. Yep. Whether I could recall it straight away, I don't know. But yes, I would. I'll, I'll go with a yes. I'll go with a yes on that one. Uh, does it introduce you to a new character? Yeah. Yeah, a whole bunch, and I, and or a new journey at least, because suddenly this you know kid Matthew is now going to be possessed by an alien. Yeah, and you, and you don't know the alien's intention, so the, you're yep. going on the journey of the alien as well, really. Would you pause for a pee? I think I would, because I think there's a, a, it's one of those things where it's a bit of a mystery. So I you, feel like there were parts where if I'd known they were coming, I could have snuck out and gone for a wee and yeah, got and away with back, it. Yeah. Like the car buying the new car scene. I could have nipped out for a wee then, yeah. come back, not missed enough to worry about. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Do you feel emotionally connected? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. To, to the whole family, The parents family, actually, made me yeah. feel emotionally connected. Like, is Matthew going to be all right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I would say so. Would you recommend it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Never heard of it before until you'd suggested it. I bought it on DVD. And I would suggest others go and watch it for sure. Is there a mic drop moment? Not really, no. 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 Uh, does it defy expectations? It depends, because I, I've always loved Chucky, so... I bought the DVD, so I, I expected it to be good, and I, I enjoyed it, it. But what do you think? Challenged. I it, it went off in a different direction. So yeah, I guess it probably did in mm-hmm. a bit. Has it aged well? It, I mean, yeah, it's okay. I think so. I think it still stands. It's a up. bit dated, but it's yeah, fairly. I mean, the story stands up for sure. Yeah. Uh, and is the hype real? Well, as far as I was concerned, there was no hype. There was about no it, hype. It? So yeah. Um, yeah, it did okay. No one ever speaks about Chucky besides me. Exactly. Uh, All right, so let's score that in a little bit. Yeah. Um, I just want to say one thing about it. Oh, Um, yeah, I've got actually one more thing, but you're going to go first. I was going to say that um, because of the popularity of the writer, John Wyndham, um, whose book is based on. um, And obviously, the TV show was relatively a success in in the 80s and 90s. uh, But Steven Spielberg acquired the film rights in recently, September 2008, uh, and he declared that he was interested in directing a feature length version of Chucky. So um, it's got a bit quiet on that front now, so maybe he's lost the rights, but I would love to see a Steven Spielberg director Chucky, see what he would do. But could he do a kid in an alien film? I'm not sure he has the chops to do that. I'm not sure. It's a good one. <laughs> yeah. It's a good call. I think if it was like an Amazing Stories style Chucky episode. Yeah. 
Well, I feel it's just E.T. It's just going to be E.T., isn't it? But still. Yeah, probably. Uh, all right. My show then this week. Um, yeah. Similarly, a, a character that can see someone else that no one else can. Um, but yeah. This time we can actually see them. Yeah. Um, it is the 19, late 1960s show, the original, because there's two versions of this. Randall and Hopkirk, deceased. There is some sort of time setting with it. Mm. It definitely represents a time. Uh, it also represents, I feel, a, a feel to a show, if yep. you're going to have one of those in it. Um, the theme tune you can hear is obviously the introductory theme tune, which you don't get for about three or four minutes in the first episode. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's quite a, quite a long opening scene for a pilot episode, uh, which is obviously what we're doing. But, um, yeah, it's, it's very... Uh, suspenseful it's very sort of yeah almost a little bit kind of London-y geezer-y kind of yeah. like gangster almost gangstery. it's quite Jonathan Creek I thought as well yes or, it- yeah, obviously Jonathan Creek taking the inspiration from this being yeah, this yeah. is 69 mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's, it's a very sort of uh, jaunty kind of rough and not quite perfect theme tune mm-hmm. which is kind of a very nice sort of signpost to the way that Randall and Hopkirk operates because they're not, yeah. you know, they're not rough around the edge a little yeah, bit. They're yeah, they're not completely straight, um, which you discover as you get into the show. And, um, to, you know, I don't think there's any spoilers in this one at all to say that, you know, the show is called Randall and Hopkirk Deceased, uh, which is very no- nicely uh given to you on the door <laughs> yeah. because uh, Randall and Hopkirk are a sort of a, a, com- a business partners yeah private eye detectives I can't really decide exactly what their their title is but they obviously run a lot of business themselves between the two of them um, and Hopkirk has died yeah. Um, now, would you put that on your door? Say, say. If... Yes, I think you would. I think you'd have to. And you bear in mind, this is 1969, and set probably when the show was out, and it was probably set and you know around the time it was mm-hmm. filmed. I think you would have to, because if by word of mouth or by business card you've been handing out your work for a few years, yeah, you know, people may suddenly require your services. And other than picking the phone up and dialing, you know, London to whatever, you know, the number would be, mm-hmm. you'd go to the office. Like, you, you would just walk around to the office, knock on the front door. And obviously, mm-hmm. if you go around there expecting maybe you'd previously spoken to Hopkirk. Yeah. And you see that his name's been crossed out and it's deceased. You see, well, at least, number one, well, number one, you know straight away before you've even entered the building. But also, you know that Randall was still operating. For why not just have Randall t- take off the... I think that's too much information. Is it? You go over. You go over to their office. Knock on the door, like, oh, okay, like someone's dead. Thanks for, thanks for letting me know. But like, a bit, a bit savage of a way to tell you. Yeah, maybe. I just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's maybe because, you know, you're getting this shot in the title sequence, and actually, you know, this could have been shot the day after he died. True. Yeah. And. And it's not like they'd had the sign professionally done. No, it was he, just... he's obviously just got some tape and put the tape across Randall's name, and then yeah. just put underneath it "scribbled deceased." Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, 
I wonder which how long is, it took him really to do that. Weird, yeah, which is really good. I must admit, actually, I hadn't thought of it like that. Because imagine we... Surely it would be easier just to scrub his name off. But then maybe that whole, you know, just erasing him yeah. from the front door. So imagine I died and you, you were like, yeah. the pilot podcast with Rob Jelly and Jed Shepard deceased. <laughs> and, and that's what... <laughs> Oh, I really wish we'd started the episode like that now. Yeah. Oh, and it would just be you talking. It would just be you talking and me not saying anything. So we just turn your microphone off yeah. and only I can hear you yeah. in my headphones. Yeah. And you go, no, no, Chad was with me. For the rest of this episode, should we do that? Do you go outside and you just have a little feed into my ear? Thanks, Jed. <laughs> Re- really needed that input, didn't I? Good job we don't have to bleep that, isn't it? <laughs> Um, but, but no, but yeah. So, so this show is—it's about they—they're looking to um, solve a uh, particular. Well, there's it, a couple of well, crimes. It starts, and they're both alive. <laughs> yeah, it starts at the first part of the Good episode. Way to start. Uh, they're both alive. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Randall, Marty Hopkirk, and they are—they're um, uh, contacted to help solve um, a dispute between a couple. Yes. Uh, lady and a uh, man and husband, wife and husband. Um, and the husband's threatened the wife a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and they're both business partners as well, both in on the business, but she she has more control over the business. She's going to kick him out. She, you know, she's found out he's been cheating mm-hmm. and she's going to kick him out. And he's so like, she hires, you've underestimated me. She's like, hired oh. them, Hopkirk and Randall to, Randall and Hopkirk, sorry, uh, to prove it. Uh, they do. And so they, she wants them to help her kick him out of the business and take full control, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Uh, they arrange to meet and he uh, he is out. So they go to meet her. Yeah. And I think it's, well, it was Hopkirk goes to meet her and finds that she's dead. She's been killed. Uh, we know this because we've seen it, whereas they don't. They don't see the uh, cable being thread through the wall and she's electrocuted in the bath. Although, I'll draw up a point at this moment here. So, an appointment at ten thirty. We heard that on the phone. Half past ten tomorrow morning. Yeah. I'll be there. Mm-hmm. Hopkirk arrives. Yeah, Butler lets him in, and he says, "Um, I'm here to see." He goes, oh, "I'm here to see um, Mrs. Uh, Sorensen." Uh, he goes, "Oh, she's uh, she's still upstairs at the moment." He goes, "Yes, I'm. Uh, I always arrive five minutes early for my appointments." Okay. So it is ten twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Appointment at ten thirty. Yeah. She's getting into the bath. We that is a very short amount of time to be having a bath, love. What's I, going on there? I think they've just contracted time a little bit. I think she no. must have got in earlier than that. No, no, no. I think she's going to make him wait. It's her own fault. She got electrocuted. Dozy mare. I thought it was quite clever though for the no. sixties show. No, for a sixties show for, to have a, that way to kill them. So, oh, the, yeah, the, the, that was clever. The I was meth- like, the method, the method of murder. Yeah. Ding. The the, uh, the electric. The electric company, in electric company van, feeding an electric wire up a house, through a wall, with a wire, into the bath. Although, how did they know she'd got into the bath by that point? Because her, hus- her husband told them the schedule, I'm guessing. She-, she has bath? Yeah, but he would have known that she'd had an appointment. Mate, don't you have bath at 10.25am? Everyone does. No. <laughs> no. I, the, the, I mean... The- don't get me wrong. I was reading a lot into this, and I, yeah. you know, we are we are watching this on a, on a sort of critical level, an analytical level. Yeah. So by by default, we're going to notice these things maybe a little bit more than the casual viewer. Yeah. But it still stood out to me to be a bit odd. I was like, what is she still doing in the bath five minutes before an appointment? Which yeah. which she's which she arranged only the night before. True. To have her husband kicked out of the business and mm-hmm. the marriage. It's a pretty important one. It's like, okay, appreciate you want to be clean. You want to maybe relax. Maybe things are a bit stressful. Fine. Mm-hmm. 
But you know what I mean? A bit of timekeeping wouldn't have gone amiss. Yeah. Well, she didn't get her hair wet, did she? she? Her hair was still perfect. Yeah. She was only down to a... Anyway, she gets killed. Yeah. No spoiler, really. She gets killed. We see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marty doesn't. And yeah. there's a butler. And they discover her body. Brilliant. Because they pull the wire out through the hole in the wall and off they go. Vroom, vroom, vroom. Yeah. So now you've got a murder to solve. It's not just sort of, you know, trying to get the business acquisition sorted out and the, and the marriage. <laughs> it's now, it's now a, a death. Um, and anyway, so end of that day, Marty goes back to the office and Randall was on the phone to, uh, answers the phone to yeah. Mrs. Hopkirk, Jeannie. Mm-hmm. And is there a little thing going on there? Because they were a bit flirty on the phone. I th- what I got out of that is that so Randall and Hopkirk have been partners for a long time. Yeah. They're like almost like family. Yeah, like absolutely. Their families well, are like, his yeah. family. And that's exactly how I saw it as well. But yeah. there was a little bit of flirting going on. It was the 60s. It went on. It's fine. It was a little bit of flirting. Carkey's in the, in the bowl. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. we're assuming that uh, Jeff Randall isn't in a relationship. We don't hear about his wife We don't hear of any partner. Yeah. So we assume not. But maybe that's something you find out in later episodes. Is it important in the first episode? Clearly no. not, because we don't get told about it. Um, so anyway, Hopkirk goes home. Uh, he's had enough. He's had a long day. And he gets home. And on the way home, he gets run over. And yeah. grim. Killed. Dead. Goner. And if he didn't know what this was, TV show was about, he'd be like, hang on. This, this is one of the main characters. Well, yeah. So... Therefore, now you've opened, you've gone down a different route. So Hopkirk and Randall and Hopkirk, deceased, fine. You start off with both of them alive, and then you kill one of them off. So is the show now about them solving crimes, or them solving his murder? Both. We find out it was kind of both, because we obviously know that... See, now I really wanted this show to be about both. Mm Mm-hmm. But this episode was about both. Yeah. And it's sort of resolved by the end of the episode. Uh, Hopkirk's death. Uh, as like, is as is Mrs. Sorensen's. I guess so. so yeah. part, of, part of me is just a little bit disappointed, and not a lot, but just a little disappointed that they didn't make the first series mm-hmm. about... Hopkirk's death. So that is the one story that runs through every episode for the first series until we fight solve it in the fir- end of the first series. Yeah. But every episode together they try to solve an See, in- another. I don't know if that's the end of that of that storyline though. There may be some other stuff. Um, because like obviously he said that he's so he comes back as a ghost basically. Yeah. And uh, first thing he does is rings Randall. I thought it was a great scene. That was a great scene. He rings up and he's like. But he can't hey, Randall, touch stuff. It's me. It's me, Hopkirk. And he's like, go away. My friend's just died. He's my best friend. Stop messing with me. Ring, ring. Hello, I've told you. Please stop calling me. Please stop calling me. He'd be like, oh, Jeff, Jeff, it's me. It's me. Yeah. It's me. Jeff, it's Marty. He does the clever thing and plugs a recorder, which I, w- I looked closely at. I was like, in 1960, they had a, 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 the ability to record calls like that. And I thought it was yeah. brilliant. And uh, so he records the next phone call that comes up, and he's like, "Look, look, stop messing with my phone." He's like, "Look, it is me. Like, it is really me. Meet me at the cemetery at this time." He's like, "Cemetery." Um, so he goes and he speaks to the uh, the guy downstairs in the um, in the phone exchange bit yeah. in, in his Gold building downstairs. Yeah. Isn't he? I'm just like, "Can you stop putting people through to me?" He's like, "I haven't put anyone through to you. You crazy?" He's like, "Listen, I just recorded the phone call. Listen to this." Yeah. And he plays it back, and it's just his voice. It's just Randall's it's voice. Yeah. So this is when you realise. 
that you're the only one. Well, you are with Randall in the fact you are the only one that can hear Hopkirk talking. Yeah, exactly. And eventually you're the only one with Randall that can yeah. um, see, him. see him. So, you know, he's a ghost. So he's like, okay, cool. Well, something weird's going on here. I'm going to go to the cemetery and meet him. And there lying on his grave is Hopkirk sitting there in a, in a flashy, snazzy white suit. And I thought, if you, if you die and you get that suit, that might be worth dying. It's pretty pretty sharp suit. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be said. He's, he's looking pretty dapper. And he explains um, he explains the rules int- of the universe. Well, yeah, an interesting choice of white, very heaven. Yeah, you know. Rather but he's than- even said he hasn't he hasn't got he hasn't gone to the light. He's like, no, I'm sticking around for a bit because I want to solve this murder. I can't be lying in my grave when my murderer is still out there, which I thought was an, it was a nice little touch. Which is the storyline for a lot of. Uh, Stories and short end films. There's a Bill Cosby film called Ghost Dad. Where that's the kind of premise. Okay. Anyway, the um. So we all we know that this show is about a private detective now who has a ghost partner, who not only has to solve the murder of his last client, but also has to solve the murder of his his past partner. It's good. Good setup. Great setup for a TV show. It is. It it's got everything you need for it. Um. The, the thing that bothered me mm-hmm. was the. Well, that, my, my, it bothered me at the time. I'm actually now thinking about it again. Hopkirk knows that he can communicate with someone, yeah. one person only, yeah. after dying. Uh-huh. He chooses Randall. Yeah. Okay, fine. No, best mate. No, they've got no problem with that. That's fine. But. He doesn't. So he he's immediately aware that he can be seen and be heard by one person. Yeah, and he picks Randall. Phones Randall. Mm-hmm. Says, "Meet me at the cemetery." But doesn't understand all the other rules and do's and don'ts. Like you know, you can walk through walls. You know, you can just like kind of imagine yourself in a different room and you can he, just be there. He goes and tests it. That, he's he's not got to the stage where he's tested all. That is he stuff. like going back to Doctor Who last week? Is he like still trying to work it out, or is he regenerating? Or yeah, because he says still loading. Yeah, because I think he doesn't know the rules of the thing. He knows that if he if he goes towards the the tunnel, the light, or whatever, then he can't. There's no way. I said there's no way back. So he has to solve the crime while he still can. And uh, and yeah, it's a bit like the Patrick Swayze from Ghost as well. Like there are rules to to being a ghost, mm. um, and I, I kind of like the journey while he learns to use his ghost powers. Where that time when um, Randall's in a room in a locked room and the guy's banging on the door, so Hopkirk goes out to he, he, says, like, he says get rid of him. He's like how? Because yeah. I can't touch anything. I walk through walls. I can't pick stuff up. Yeah, he and flashes lights. But then, and stuff. but see, there's, that's a great example of where he's like. It's still trying to realise that he can do these things yeah, or yeah. not do certain things but do others. Mm-hmm. And then there's the moment when they go and chase down or try and find Ginger Guitar Man. Yeah, yeah, who yeah. Was in the, who was Weasley in the car. Weasley little guy. Weasley yeah. guy. He's with the car. He jumps in the car that run over Hopkirk in the first place and mm-hmm. that's why they're chasing him down. Um, he jumps through the door because uh, Randall was trying to pick the lock and break in during the night so that he can question him or something. Anyway... The ginger creepy guitar man can gets up, hides behind the door with a bottle. So Hopkirk jumps through the door, sees what he's doing, and as Randall comes through the door, you know, on his knees, really carefully opening the door subtly, Hopkirk's on the other side looking at him, going, "He's behind the door, Jeff. He's got a bottle." <laughs> so, so he's like helping him out, and yeah. then suddenly the teamwork is starting to click, and yeah. I and I that is lovely. It's yeah. a lovely moment where they're genuinely being teammates together. They're being partners again yeah despite the 
living and dead part. Mm-hmm. And that was a lovely moment. I loved that. Yeah. Uh, but I just, I just can't help but feel like if they make this today. Yeah. Which they tried to. Which, well, they made it, yeah, what, 10, 10 odd years ago. Yeah. If they made this brand new today, mm-hmm. that, that his murder would have been strung out for the first series. You're right. It would. It wouldn't. And part of me thinks that would be really good and mm-hmm. could work really well with the right with the correct writing. Yep. But almost because I expect that to be the thing, mm-hmm. the fact they sort of solve it in the first episode is almost a nice change. Well, they didn't do those long those big story arcs in in old TV shows. It was like one and gun. It was just like one off, one off, one off. One and off, I guess, one off, one off. well, yeah. And I guess, but then it's. Uh, uh, it's such a it's such a catch twenty two because I I want something to I want to, I want something to give me a reason to watch episode two yeah and now I don't need one because to be honest with you I, they resolved it yeah I mean don't get me wrong I really enjoyed this mm-hmm. and I will love to sit down and watch the rest of it yeah uh, there are twenty six yeah twenty six yeah. episodes so I only I'll, one season I will definitely go away and watch some more for sure yeah but I feel like because of that fact where it's one and gun it's just you know. Start, finish, job done, contain, self, self-contained self within one episode. Mm-hmm. You could kind of watch them in any order. Yeah. You have to watch this one first for sure because it's the only one where you get Hopkirk alive. Well, I'm kind of confused about where it's going to go to because right at the end we see they, they, they solve the, the crimes. And uh, so you think, okay, cool. That Hopkirk's done his, done his thing. He can go, go and go towards the light and go to heaven. But he says, oh, well, no, it's not working anymore. Um by the way, I, I can now go around for 100 years. Like, oh, yeah, because there's some silly child no, rhyme, isn't there, yeah. that says he's got to be in the, he's got to be in the grave by night. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh yeah, I just remember the but other if I'm up during the... the day, then I've got to stay here for like 100 years. Yeah, it's like, come on, come on, mate. You had one <laughs> job. If, if, you, if you know part of a song and that explains what, where you're, what you are as a ghost, you'd read a little bit further and you'd go, oh, Same okay. conditions, you know. Yeah. But no, so now he's stuck for 100 years solving crimes. I I really enjoyed this. I enjoyed it just because I, I don't think I've ever seen it before. I thought it was going to be a bit crap. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it would be as well because it's so early. Yeah, and it's not the early show we've watched on this podcast not either. By a long but, shot, yeah. No, but because it was quite an early crime show. Yeah, I thought it was going to lack a little bit of substance, a little bit of oomph, and it didn't for me. I feel like okay, there was a bit of a sketchy chase towards the end where Randall's running away from a car and they don't catch him and I think yourself mate you're a runner in a suit yeah. and if any car even in the 60s could have easily caught up with you and run you over yeah. so there was a little bit little bit little moments like that where you're like all right string out the scene a little bit fine mm-hmm. but actually it was such a different concept yeah. killing off one of the lead characters straight away but keeping them in it yeah. What a different idea. Like 1969. Yeah. I mean, there'd been a few times in, in cinematic history where there was a, a like a supernatural character, like a ghost teaming up with a living person. That's happened. That's, it's a few films, like the Cary Grant films and uh, and films like Harvey. What, pre-69? Yeah, like in the 30s and the 40s. Uh, there were films, not with the exact same concept, but where there was a there's like a person and he has a friend who's a ghost, or there's ghosts that help out people. Um, Blythe Spirits, one of them. And there's another film from I think the 30s called Topper about like a ghostly married couple that help the living. Um, but yeah, it's few and far between. Mm. Um, but there are there's a lot to love about this TV show. There is. 
the, I think the pacing was a little bit off. I think it was felt a bit too long. If it was like 30 minutes. Yeah, it was about 45, yeah. nearly 50 actually, I think. 48 mm-hmm. minutes perhaps. But it was great seeing... But it's a pilot. Yeah. And we needed to meet them both living. Yeah. And you needed to, you know, it, well, as they chose to do, kill Hopkirk in the episode. Yeah. Perhaps the second episode's not as long. I don't, I know. don't know. What I do like is, uh, in America, this was called My Partner, the Ghost. <laughs> yeah, well, the episode was called My Late Lamented Friend and Partner. Yeah. Which, it's quite nice. Yeah, I think But that's... I think straight away, as soon as you see him living, you know he's going to get killed in this episode. Yeah, and the Americans so... don't like subtlety, so they were just like, yeah, we'll call it My Partner, the Ghost. <laughs> yeah, and in Spain, it was called El Detective Fantasma, the, ghost, the Phantom Detective. I was going to say, that's the best title yet. Yeah. El Detective Fantasma. Fantasma! Um, yeah, and I just... I, th- I think I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad I watched I'm glad it. I watched it. I'm glad it was suggested. So thank you to Nick for doing so some weeks back now. And apologies, it's taken a little while. But, um, you know, I'd occasionally keep seeing episodes of this sporadically appearing on random channels on telly. And I was thinking, I've got to watch this. Every yeah. time I saw it, it was like... There's it, definitely something about it. Even though like, the little two-minute snippets I was catching and things are going... There is definitely something in this, yeah. for sure. Something fun, but yeah. also... There's novels, quite... original... Yeah, because there are some like nice little fun moments in it. Um, not funny, but light moments. Yeah. And then and then it's about true sort of gritty kind of cop drama thing, which is a very strange combination, but it, yeah, it yeah, works. Yeah. yeah. It just seems to work. So should we give it some scores? Let's do some scores. Yeah, let's go back to your weirdo one. So I'll start with Chucky. So um, one thing that that has made me want to give it one one point more <laughs> is, do you remember that bit in it? I'll be going to give it a one. <laughs> that bit in it where they get on the bus and the bus driver is outside and he's turning, he's he's like turning the engine. It's, it's like a, um, a thing he has to turn the on the 1920s route master, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, but this was in the 1980s. And, like his bus driver got out and had to like wind up the bus and then pop in. 1880s, maybe. Yeah. So that made me give it an extra point, because I was just like, what? <laughs> What's going on what here? What is going on here? Um, but like, no, I, I really like Chucky, and like going into this, I was a fan anyway, and there's three seasons, and I think they're all really interesting. And coming from a horror point of view... Um, I three think it, seasons? Yeah. It's like Chucky's Children, and then Chucky's... Oh, I was going to say, I only saw one season under Chucky. Yeah, and then, was, then the second one's called Chucky's Children, and then Chucky's something else. Chucky's Children? Yeah. That sounds horrendous. Yeah. No, but it's it's really interesting. Okay. Um, Take word for it. So I'm going to give it a seven. Um, there were other episodes that I can remember right now that's amazing, much better than the first one. But I think there's enough in there uh, for me to, to really like it and to give it a decent score, which is seven. My final point to add to it is that not even IMDb has a description for what it is. What do you mean? A synopsis for any of the episodes. Really? It just says... Know what this is about? Question mark. <laughs> really? And I think on that, I'm going to give it a half a part more. So <laughs> That's weird. I'm going to give it a seven as well. Okay. You say seven or seven and a half? A seven. I guess seven. seven. Oh, yeah. yeah. Seven for me as well. Okay. I would score. not have watched it mm-hmm. and enjoyed it more than I think I should have done. If you'd have explained it to me yeah. and I'd have gone in to watch it, I'd have been very confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, just yeah. going in blind and watching it. Really enjoyed it. Okay, um, that's good. More than I anticipated I would. So, <laughs> 14 is a pretty 
That's a decent score. That's a pretty score. decent score okay. for a show I'd never even heard of a week ago. So, That's decent. So all I, right. guess, I guess we've got to think about what we do next week. Well, hang on, I've got to score Hopkirk and Randall. Yeah, oh, Randall sorry, mate. Yeah. Oh, blimey, just jump the gun. Randall and Hopkirk. Okay, you go first. I've got my score for this. Um, I think I'm going to go same. I think I'm going to go seven. Okay. Maybe I'm going to go seven and a half. Seven and a half. I liked it a little bit more. Strong score. I liked it a little bit more than I did Chockey. Okay. I'm intrigued more by Chockey. Yeah. But I enjoyed Randall and Hopkirk a touch more. So 7.5 for me. I'm going to give Randall and Hopkirk a six. All right. Um, It was good. It was good. I I enjoyed it. I think it dragged a little bit. There were some really interesting concepts in there, like, Probably way before its time, mm-hmm. um, and the two leads were I thought were brilliant, uh, Randall Hopkirk. Um, so I'm glad I watched it, but I can't give it any more than a six. That's fine by me, yeah. mate. That's fine by me. Let me just add it to the old leaderboard. Da, 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 da. Right, Randall and Hopkirk, thirteen and a half. Mm, that's the weirdo zone, isn't it? It's it's around. It's a weirdo zone. Yeah, <laughs> it's multiple one of them. weirdo zones. It's Saved by the Bell, the Jetsons, Murder She Wrote. And Hopkirk. <laughs> okay. Randall and Hopkirk, even. Randall and Hopkirk. Blimey. But that's not pretty, it's a pretty score, close score. So next yeah. week, next week. Okay. Do you want to go first? And bear in mind, next week's Halloween. Uh, the episode will be Ooh. out on Halloween itself, so. Don't you have to go first? Well, I don't mind. I, don't I mean, I, I can go first if you want. Um, something oh, scary? We have well, to. Th- it's got to be scary, hasn't yeah. it? I mean, it's, it's not, not really right to do something that's not scary. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not big on horror as I mentioned this last year and I've been mentioning quite recently on the show um, on my show as it were my radio show have you? but yeah I've been mentioning that I'm not a big fan of horror and I've got to go for a horror um, Halloween live action <sighs> thing uh, you this, you, uh, seriously you wait until I do it I'll bring <laughs> you some of the audio um, I can we do a show a bit different um, sorry it's me doing this again but okay. can we do a show which I can and just about watch, uh, actually with Mother Half? I haven't seen it for a while, so I'm not sure if they've brought it back at all. But it's a sort of um, a challenge show where people go on and face their fears to to win money. Right. Um, it's called Release the Hounds. I've never heard it's of It's an ITV2 show. show and okay. before you start jumping guns and saying it's a bit like a one of these reality shows, it's a little bit like that. Oh, but, but actually... <laughs> It's one of the ones where you see people becoming real people, despite okay. whether or not they're famous or not. You see them being their barebone human self. And it's, number one, very interesting, but also incredible to watch people face stuff that they are absolutely petrified by. Okay. And if you like seeing celebrities being kidnapped, there you go. This there's is, your, there's your is... extra selling point. Okay. So release the hounds, please. Release the hounds? Where can I watch that? It should be available on the ITV player. Okay, okay. Um, the original series was with uh, Reggie Yates. Matt Edmondson currently pre- presents the okay. newest series. So, Okay, that sounds good. Um, oh, right. Are. Release the hounds. What are you going to do? You're going to make... Whatever you make me watch is going to scare the absolute crap well, out of me. Well, I've been something, watching something. I just finished it last night, actually. And it's one of the best TV shows I've seen on Netflix. And there's a lot of hype around it. And a lot of pe- people are talking about it on social networks. Probably the biggest show on Netflix right now, because it's Halloween, and that is The Haunting of Hill House. Brilliant. Sounds lovely. Ten episodes. You just need to watch the first, mate. The Haunting of Hill House. 
I'm going to give you three words while you watch it. Yeah. Think of this. Bent neck lady. Oh, thanks. <laughs> That's already freaking me out now, you saying yeah. that. That is, you're just such a... That's it, bent neck lady, mate. You're such an arse. I hate you so much. I'm so glad and the people out there, I'm so glad that Halloween comes around once a year, because honestly, I don't think I could handle it. The people out there who have seen the show and know what bent neck lady is... Stop it. Like, you stop talking about it, please, because yeah. it's actually freaking... I'm serious. It's actually freaking me out a little bit. And it's and the sun's going down. The sun's here. going down fast. So I'm going. I'm going home now. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you want to watch the shows ahead of us and, and let us know, and if you want to suggest any shows that you watch, thank you to Nick uh, again for Randall and Hopkirk. Mm-hmm. Uh, an excellent suggestion. Uh, we've had lots of them come in on Twitter and things. Probably the best place to find us. So, yeah. Jed, where are you? I'm on Twitter at Jed Shepherd, which is J E D S H E P H E R D. I'm at the Jellyman. That's T H E Jellyman. <laughs> nice, that was very smooth. <laughs> Complete with an 808 drum machine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let, let us know on Twitter um, your suggestions. Great shows you're watching, old, new, small, quirky one-offs, massive, great big yeah. international hits. Stuff you love, stuff, stuff that everyone hates, but you love, like, and you kind of champion it, and you, yeah. you're the cheerleader for this show that no one knows about. Tell us about it. Yeah. You might like it too. We'll go away and watch it, and yeah. we'll bang the drum for it if we love it as much as exactly. you do. So let us know. That just leaves me to say, see you later, alligator. In a while, crocodile. <laughs>